We'll talk to you a little bit about promises and just, just what to do with them and read through a few, few pieces of scripture and see what the Holy Spirit does this morning. You're so good, God. Bless you. Let's talk about Abraham. I don't think there's a better picture of somebody that carried a promise for a long time than Abraham. Abraham, at that point, Abram, and and at that point, Sarai, had been promised that they were going to have a baby. And um, 24 years, Abraham carried the promise that you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby. Nothing happened. You ever felt that way? (laughs) If there's anyone in this room that's not felt that way, I would love to hear what you know that I haven't figured out. I think there's times in the Lord where we, we carry promises for a long time. Has anyone carried a promise for a long time? Is anyone still carrying a promise and, and waiting for that baby? <laughs> Not literally. Some of you are like, no, put your hand down, honey. <laughs> I, I remember, I've told this before, we, were, uh, we go to All Nations every now and then for a conference, and Mahesh has got this baby thing. Where he like calls out people like Carmen. I mean, you're, you guys are testimony of some of that. I, I, he'll start, you know, doing his Mahesh. And, <laughs> I feel the Lord, you know. And, and he'll start like shooting. And er, every time someone behind us raises their hand. And his hand will start coming our way. And I'm like, Tiffany, get down. Like, like <laughs> get down. Like, I don't want you to get hit in the crossfires. <laughs> what is John doing to his wife? Pushing her head into the ground. Down. Wait, wait, wait. You're good. You're good. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Abraham, and he carried this promise for 24 years that they're going to have a baby. If you go to a church like this, you're going to get words. You're going to get promises. If you're in a stream like this, most likely you're carrying promises from the Lord. People are constantly, I hope, speaking hope over you and life over you and releasing the words of the Lord into your life. But sometimes it takes a little while, and sometimes it can get really challenging in the process. It just does. I used to youth pastor, and I think teenagers were sometimes some of the ones that were like ready to take on the world. And uh, I love that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm, some of them would get like 18, 19, 20, and they're like, my life is almost over. I'm like, it's not happened yet. I'm like, hang in there. Like, hang in there. You're going to make it. I promise. And I've carried promises. We carried promises for years. We still carry just we're filled with promises for this place, for this house, for this city, for our lives, for my family. And sometimes they just take some time. But there's a few things that I feel like we can see in the story of Abraham that was really important to seeing these promises come. Because I don't know about you, I really want to see them. Yeah. I really want to see them. And Genesis chapter 15, verse 2 is where we're going to pick up. Genesis chapter 15, verse 2. Thanks. I got you. All right, but Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him and said, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and your blood will be your heir. And he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. I love this. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. 
Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. I want you to notice something. Abraham believed the Lord. That's great. Everyone say believed. believed. So Abram at this point is in a place where he's gotten quite a word from the Lord. He was just complaining to the Lord saying, I don't even have a kid. And then the Lord does what he does so well. And he says, go out and look at the sky. All those stars, that's going to be the generations that come from you. Isn't that how the Lord typically works? He loves to just raise the bar. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you already feel like your vision is big enough. You're already wondering how it's going to happen. And then someone comes up to you and says, you know, I just feel this word over you. And it just went, phew. You're like, oh. That's the Lord right now. He's right now with Abraham. He's telling him, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a kid. You've not given me a kid. And the Lord's like, go look outside. That's how great it's going to be. Lord, did you hear me? We don't have a child. We can't have a child. Abraham makes a major mistake, and he tries, he decides, hey, I'm going to give the Lord a little, I'm going to give him a hand. And he decides to try to make his promises come his way. Never a great idea. And so he had the bright idea of having a child outside of his wife with his servant, Hagar. Let's pick up in uh, Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless, that I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Stop right here. This is a big scripture in your Bible because God is making a covenant with Abraham. Verse 3, and Abraham fell face down, and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. <laughs> All right, stop there. So Abraham's 99 years old. 99. And God says, here's the deal. It's time for your identity to line up with your promise. You see, he believed the word, but he had not yet become the word. This is a really big deal because a lot of people get to the point where they believe he can do it. But God is showing us something in the scripture with Abraham that's really unique. He's saying that I need you to go a step beyond believing it. I need you to go ahead and become it, even though you haven't seen the fulfillment of it. So we're going to do a name change. I remember, I remember when we were getting ready to take over this church in 2016, and we really, the Lord had given us the name of the gate. It was called something else before, and we were going through a lot of transition, and we just, we felt like the Lord said, you need the identity of the church to line up with what I've called you to do. And so we did that. We did the very thing. We changed the name, and you could immediately feel just something had switched when our, our identity became what he was calling us to. So Abram, now Abraham, verse 6 of chapter 17, he says, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Verse 15, and God also said to Abraham, as for your wife Sarai, you're no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. 
<laughs> I love this part. Abraham fell face down and he laughed. <laughs> Loosen up a little bit this morning, okay? Here's this big word, huge word. The Lord is making a covenant. This is massive. And here, Abraham, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you. There's only been a few times I've fallen down laughing. And it was something pretty funny. Pretty funny. Most of them involve Victor Cade. <laughs> True. Lord's speaking to him, and I just want you to see this picture of a 99-year-old man that just falls over laughing. <laughs> and then he says this, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. I want you to catch something interesting here. Abraham asked the Lord, he said, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. One of the things that we can tend to do is when God is calling us into something new, a lot of times we'll say, well, won't you just bless what I've already worked on? Well, I've already got Ishmael. Can't you just bless him? I mean, starting over at 100 God, won't you just come and just touch, put your hand on the thing I've done, because what you're calling me into is a lot of work. How many times has God called us into something completely new, unfamiliar, and often our heart's response is, but what about all that I've already done and built over here? I remember when David was... In the Bible, remember when David wanted to build a house for the Lord and, and the Lord said, oh, I love it that you want to build a house for me, but you can't because you have blood on your hands. He loved it that he wanted to do it, but he said, you're not gonna do it. It's gonna come through your son. You get a little glimpse into the heart of the father there. He says, I love it that it's in your heart. You're not gonna do it. Sometimes it's not easy stepping into something completely new. Sometimes... Truth be known, it's, I believe some of us are scared to step into something new. What would it look like? Well, how would that work? And you can see in, in, in Abraham, he's all these thoughts. I, can't you just bless what I have instead of calling me into something new? I believe that there's a lot of places that if we're not careful, we can miss a move of God if we get too connected to what we already have. Yeah. And we say, well, Lord, you know, we've got a pretty good thing going on here. Will you just bless that? Yeah. The interesting thing is, is not, it's not, in, I didn't put this in my notes, but the Lord even had a heart for Ishmael. If you go and read further down in the passage, the Lord says, I will bless Ishmael. But here's the thing. His promise for Abraham was not going to come through Ishmael. He said, I'll bless Ishmael because I love him, and I'll bless his generations to come, but that's not what I'm calling you into. I think that's powerful because, I don't know, there's something about me that sees the heart of the Father in that, that even an area where he had messed up and he had tried to make things work himself, God says, well, I'll still bless that guy. I just see a glimpse of God there, in that. but he said, but that's not what I've called you to do. Sometimes what happens is we build a wineskin 
And we ask God to fill what we've built. In all reality, though, what he wants us to do is to find out, Lord, what are you doing? And I want to be able to build something around that. That's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to be able to say, what are you doing in the earth? And I want to be able to steward that and build something around that. Instead of the easier thing is to say, we're going to put together a perfect program, spotless, everything will work good. And would you just come and fill that? Could it be, though, that some of us struggle with a Ishmael mentality where we just want him to bless what we've done instead of stepping into the newness? So we see something. Abraham has done a full circle. He received the promise. A hundred years old, Isaac is born. Hmm. Remember when... Mary received word that she was going to have a baby in Luke 2. I've just got the scripture. I'll read it to you. It says, and there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Messiah the Lord. And all who heard it were amazed. Everybody say amazed. And the shepherds said to them, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. I would like to propose to you that part of the process of becoming the promise is pondering things and treasuring things and constantly keeping them in your mind. Mary held this close. Everybody else was just joyous. Yay. But she treasured it. She pondered it. She was letting it become her very reality. Celebrating is great. I love, I love to celebrate. But there's something that happens when we begin to just ponder something. I would even encourage you, what does it look like to imagine it? I, I've told this story many times. I've imagined this, this room packed full. I've imagined cars down the streets. I've imagined things. I do it all the time. I love imagining. I think that we get older and we forget how to imagine. Imagination is not bad. I know we get taught that. The best I've heard it said is that the imagination is like a TV screen. It's up to you what you play on it. God wants us to imagine with him. He wants us to dream with him. But once we get those things, we need to constantly lock into them constantly ponder them, constantly keep them here because it will begin to become you. You ever known some, I don't know, I won't ask if you've ever done this, but maybe you've known someone that actually held on to a lie for so long it became their truth. But if that's the case for a lie, what about a promise that is yet to come? Is there a place that you can hold on to it so tight and rehearse it in your head so many times that it actually begins to become your reality. That was the place where when he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, you understand back then names meant a lot more than they do today. I mean, here he comes. Here comes 100-year-old Abram. Abraham, he walks in. Hey, guys, just want to let you know, uh, I actually changed my name, Father of Nations. <laughs> 
I mean, you know that there was, you know that he, I would just assume there was probably people that mocked him. You, really? You changed your name to dad? When you and your wife can't have a kid? What would it look like if we could make the promises actually become our realities? You see, the kingdom of heaven is different. He says you're mountain movers before you ever move mountains. Because that's who you are. You're you're not a mountain mover because you move mountains. You're a mountain mover because the one who created the mountains is in you. And he says you are a mountain mover. And from that identity, you can move mountains in your life. But we have to become. That's why I love Ephesians. If you read through the book of Ephesians, it's filled. It's filled with life. Just open up your Bible and just start reading for the next two or three weeks from Ephesians 1. Take your time. The Apostle Paul was trying to think of every word he had in his vocabulary to express to you how amazing in Christ you are. I mean, I, we've had Brian Simmons come and teach on it, and he's one of my favorites. And, he, and I've, I've heard him teach on Ephesians, and he's like, Paul was a brilliant speaker. He said his, his language, his words, he had a way of saying things that were just phenomenal. He said he literally exhausted his ability. Everything he could think of, he put in that book to try to communicate to you who you are in Christ. You're lacking nothing. The Lord said to Abram, he said, I've made you a father of nations. And he fell over laughing. If what you're dreaming about isn't laughable, you're not dreaming big enough. You're quiet, guys. If what you're dreaming isn't something you can laugh at, it's that big, you need to dream bigger. I don't care if you're old. He was 100. I don't care if you're young. I can find a lot of young guys in the Bible too. What are you dreaming about? What are you dreaming for? Oh, man, I, feel, I can feel something is happening in this room. I can feel it. I can feel the enemy is really nervous. Those dreams are going to light on fire again. What are you dreaming about? What is your life? What do your kids see you dreaming about? Romans 4.16, therefore the promise comes by faith, so that, it may be, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of all of us. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead, and here it is, and who calls into being things that were not. Everybody say, were not. Not are not, because he's calling it into life. 
the things that were not. He's calling them to life. But until Abraham aligned his identity, within, within the year they were pregnant. Within the year they had the baby, according to the scripture. Well around there. We know in 99 he changed his name. In 100 they had the child. So is it just a good idea or is it something that's actually possessing you? You know, what's interesting is, is if someone's demon-possessed, how do you expect them to act? You can say it. It's okay. Okay. Like a demon. If someone is possessed by God's promises, how would they act? Like the promise. Like the promise. I want to see people get so possessed by God's promises that it becomes, I, like, I see this place being so possessed by God's promises that there's no fear. There's no worry. There's no concern. Vision, he'll provide for it. Man, I feel this. I, I'm, I'm going to get you there. What would it look like? What would it look like? That we just go for it when God says it. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. He says, here's the deal. You're going to be a father of nations. He says, God, I don't have a baby. He said, look at the sky. It's almost like he didn't even hear him. Look at the sky. (laughs) Someone ever been whining and you just went right over him? Just look at the sky. And like, did you hear me? You're going to have nations. But God, look at the sky. Look at the sky. That's what I love what happens when we come into worship, when we come into praise, when we come into an atmosphere like this, is that you can feel it in the room. You can feel people. They've taken their eyes off the issues, and they've set their eyes on the promise. And all of a sudden, their identity begins to shift. Who they are begins to shift. I can feel it. I watch people walk in, and they walk down, you know, crunched over, all tired. And it's like at the end of the service, they're like, I can do this. What? What's happening? You are becoming possessed by his promises, by his goodness. That's why we, everything in this church, we do our best. We sing promises. We sing goodness. Amen. We're not going to get up there and sing about the mountains. You know enough about your mountains. We're going to sing about the one that moves the mountains. We're not going to sing about how big of a sinner you are. I'm going to sing about grace and the goodness of God. <laughs> you act like you've done this a couple of times, Ken. <laughs> we have to. We have to. It's, I can't do anything else. I'm not impressed by the enemy. He doesn't impress me. I, and, I, and I refuse, and I've said this before, I refuse to give him my face. My face was made for the King of Kings. He will not get my face. And he will do everything he can to get my attention. Everything he can. You know what I'm talking about. I grew up in a pastor's home. <laughs> Every Saturday, anything that could go wrong, went wrong. It was almost like, you didn't expect it, because we don't want to just expect it, but it was so much intensity on Saturdays around my house. But you just got to the point, it didn't bother you. Just didn't bother you. It's like, no, I'm not letting this distract me. I refuse to. I'm trying to turn your eyes back. 
Some of you have some big dreams. I can feel it in the room. I'm trying to get your eyes back on the stars. This church, this church, oh, I feel like I've seen it 10 years down the road and came back, and it's really good. It's really good. But we have to be possessed by the promise. What's the promise? Can you believe with us that this will be a place where nobody, no sickness is allowed here? No sickness is allowed here. Torment, not allowed. It's not allowed. Tornadoes are not allowed. That was actually one of the funnest things. I, I mean, it was, for those, I'm going to tell you the story and I'll, I'll wrap it up. Last um, Thursday, I had a meeting here for something. And uh, I went up the office and I caught up with, David was the only one here that day. And David said, uh, I was going to leave. I have to admit, I was ignoring all of the warnings going off. My watch was beep, beep. I was like, this, nothing's going to happen. And uh, David said, I just feel a grace to pray. So I love praying. Sure, let's hang out and pray. And we're praying, just having a good time. Praying. And uh, the sky started looking a little funky. And I, I, you didn't see this. I saw a couple, some cars come in pull into our church parking lot, and they all faced that way, looking at something. They're all in their car looking. I thought, let's hope that's an angel. And then my phone starts ringing. Tiffany's like, where are you at? I said, I'm at church. And she's like, there's a tornado over there. And um, what a great time to be in a prayer meeting. (laughs) So uh, I looked out, and I could see the wind is not supposed to be sideways. And uh, we just stood up and started praying and declaring, you will not touch this property. Yeah. Like, storm, you will not touch this property. And uh, we're praying, we're praying, we're commanding. David is the super chillest guy ever, by the way. <laughs> like, like, there could be like a tornado sucking him up and he'd be like, I'm okay. Like, he's like super chill. I even look out the back, I'm like, hey, David? He's like, I think it's just a big storm. I agree, it is a big storm. <laughs> But the wind is going sideways. He's like, ah. Oh. like, all right. <laughs> He's a super chill. And, uh, and so we just begin to pray and declare. And, and you know what? Like, I didn't realize how bad it was. And um, if those of you that don't know, the tornado came right down Alexander Road. And you can see it down there where it touched down. Then you can go down here, and you can see where it went back up for about a quarter mile here right around the church. And it landed back down here by Brackenberry Road and destroyed it. There wasn't even debris on our property. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it, storms don't scare me. The devil doesn't scare me. God is establishing something in this place. The people are going to know. I mean, I even said this. I said, who goes and pulls into a parking lot during a tornado? I mean, what? I, I tell Tiff, I'm like, I guess they felt okay to come park here. I pray that everybody that pulls them, I'm just, can I just throw out my, yeah. my dreams and vision? You guys are so great this morning. I'm done. Just give me like two minutes. I just want to see a place where people walk on the property and they're healed. 
I had, I had a young lady one time that was in our youth group and her parents went off the deep end. And it was the parents, not the kid. And uh, they banned her from anything having to do with church, the Pentecost, like anything spirit-filled. And uh, they banned her from all of it, pulled her away, forced her to not be friends with all of her friends. I was bad. And she was like a spiritual daughter of mine. And I watched this and I was heartbroken. She sh- I, I didn't see her for a couple of years. And she showed up one night at my front door. And she was 18 years old. Her birthday was a couple of days before. And she was 18 now. <laughs> and she knocks on my door. Says, hi. I'm like. <laughs> and she said, you know, you don't know this. She said. When I was working for somebody down here, she said I would always come and I would just sit on the swings at the church because the presence of the Lord was on the property. She says I wasn't allowed to go to a service. She said, but my parents didn't know. I would just go sit on the swing set. And she said I would just sit in his presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Well, you see, that's what we want is his presence to rest. Where people could just pull on the property and they say, I don't know what happened. Anxiety left. Amen. Pain left. I believe we'll get to a point where we won't even have to pray in here because it's all done when people step foot on the property. Right. And it's growing. It's growing. I just keep hearing him say, look at the stars. But I don't have enough money. Look at the stars. But someone told me I couldn't do it. Look at the stars. Don't let anyone who has fear tell you what's wise and what's not. Uh, Yeah. Jesus. Lord, we're looking at the stars this morning. I pray that everyone in this place would become possessed by their promise. It would become your identity. There's callings in this room that some of you have just, you've, you've just pushed it aside because you said there's no way that's going to happen. And I feel him saying, just look up. Just look up. Just look up. There's people that are called the ministry in this place. I feel it in the room. And you, you've had your hurt, and, and, but God's just saying, just look up. Just look up. You know, it's hard to look up and look at what's in front of you at the same time. in the room that just says it's okay to just be quiet for a minute there's no failures here there's no screw ups here there's just sons and daughters
realize that we're experiencing what we're experiencing. We are, we are way down the line, but because Abraham looked up, you got to experience what you experienced this morning. feel something I'm trying to articulate it I think um, how do I say this there's something on the other side of forgiven and it's restored a lot of people have faith that they can be forgiven but maybe not faith that they can be restored and that's actually what he came to do was to restore and I feel like some of you feel like it's, it's possible that he would forgive me but he would never restore me and that lie is going to get tossed out this morning because he's going to restore If you need, it, it, how do I say this, Jesus? If you're struggling to believe that the things he's called you to are possible, or even maybe that you feel like you have messed it up, I want you to stand up. It's a bold stand, but I feel we know we're supposed to do that. Thanks. 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 I'll wait a minute. I'm going to say it again. If you feel like what he's calling to you, you're struggling to believe it's possible. Or maybe you feel like you've just blown it. That's for you. Just stand up before we go any farther. Thanks. Thanks. I feel like it's so much more broad than even who's standing still. In Jesus' name. I speak over every person in this room right now that's standing. And I declare over you who you are. You are a child of God. You are filled with every spiritual blessing. For those of you that I felt specifically that felt like I could be forgiven, but some of you actually don't feel like you can be forgiven. When he said on the cross, it's done. It was done. I release right now over every one of you, first of all, the love of the Father. I release the love of the Father over you. Right now, I pray that you will wash over every person standing right now. Right now. There are people that are standing right now in this room that you and I'm going to see you in 10 years and you're going to be doing things that are going to be phenomenal. I feel it. Like I'm going to, like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hyping. I feel it. Like there are people that I'm going to see you in 10 years that you're going to say, I stood up at the end of that service. 
So in Jesus' name, I put everything that, I, I don't know how to do this, but I put everything that I have behind you. <laughs> and I just pray that, Lord, that in the spirit right now, I pray that I could just push people forward, Lord, with you, that they could help them stand, Lord, and see how powerful they are in you. And I throw my weight in it too. And Lord, I pray that you would cleanse their minds. I speak to fear, I speak to doubt, and I tell you to go in Jesus' name. Get out. Get out in Jesus' name, and I release the mind of Christ over you. Now, I speak like David said. He said he encouraged himself in the Lord. I speak over you that you would encourage yourself in the Lord. Even right now, you would be encouraged in the Lord, encouraged in the Lord, encouraged in the Lord. Failure cannot stop him. He is that good. He is that good. Age cannot stop him. (laughs) He's that good. You're so good. Now, God, show us the stars that you have. Right now, just let them set our eyes on the stars. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. Everybody else, let's stand now. He's moving. We don't have to rush him. We love you. Put your hands out. I'm going to release faith. I feel the gift of faith. I feel the gift of faith. (laughs) What is the gift of faith? It's just that. He's going to give you a gift that is faith. There are things we can do in our life that increase faith, but then there's also a gift of faith that he says, this one's for you. In Jesus' name, every person in this room with their hands out, I release the gift of faith right now. Right now in this room, I release the gift of faith. Rise up, champions. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can we just begin to give him thanks? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Some of you, this is going to be hard, but you actually need to begin to imagine now the things that he's put in your heart. Begin to imagine them. Begin to see them as even though they're not. Just begin to see them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Yahweh. Um, yeah, Grace over here. Put your hands out. Put your hands out. Yeah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every little bit of doubt that has wiggled in, I tell it to get out right now. And I pray that the Lord right now would fill you. Fill you. Fill you. I keep hearing him say to you, especially, look at your stars. Look at your stars. Right now, there it is. No, there it is. Right now, faith be released in you. Faith be released in you. Hold your hands up a little higher. There you go. Faith be released in you. A little higher. Faith be released in you. I feel it. I feel it as you're moving right now. Faith be released in you right now. You are a champion.
You are a champion. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Mm. There it is. 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 More, 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 more. Thanks, God. Yeah. Um, did I see Chad? I see Chad. Is that Chad? That's Chad. You're shaking your head like you're Chad. He's like, sure, I'll be Chad. <laughs> if, I get, if I get prayed over, I'll be Chad. Chad, that's one prayer for you, bro. Oh, man. Chad, I know a lot of this just because I know you, but you have a real gift that God's going to use even in the political arena. And we've talked about some of that, but I feel this morning, I see your, your shoulders being strengthened. I see him literally widening in the spirit. And, but it's not just spiritual, it's physical also. I release strength in your body and in your spirit, man, that will roar. Like I see in you like a lion, Chad, that's like, it's, you know, the, the lions that are really confident don't have to show it off because they know what they have. And I see something in you, man, that's it's, it's powerful. And, and the enemy has tried to bury it. I just, I, I keep seeing, like, the whole time we've been speaking, I've been seeing, like, the enemy trying to throw, like, shovels of dirt on you. And I see him just, just piling dirt on and piling dirt on. And it's almost as like he's just been piling it on, and he's trying to pile on the pro- over the promises. But in Jesus' name right now, I just pray that you would, it would shake it off. And I speak to the, uh, the jewels that I see that they would just begin to emerge again. Whatever that looks like for you, I see it though, but I see the dirt shaking off. But it's dirt. It's just dirt. It's not concrete. It's nothing that's going to stick. It's dirt. So in Jesus' name, cleanse that off right now. And I speak to you, Chad. You're one of the people, I'll just say it, that I, that I knew 10 years from now, you're going to be doing ins- insane things. I see it over you. I see it over you, and I call it out, and I bless it. I bless it, and whatever that looks like. I feel like there's some bold moves, too, that you're going to have to take, or maybe you've already taken, that aren't, uh, man, they're like, I don't know about that. I just, I feel like some bold moves that are, the Lord's going to speak to you. And I don't know if they've already happened or they're going to happen, but I pray that you'd be very in tune with the Spirit. So in tune that when you hear it, you'll just know, that's okay. That's Him. That's like like when um, Abraham was taking Isaac up, and he's like, I know this is my promise, so even if it looks like I'm killing it, he'll bring it back to life. That kind of confidence. Now strengthen your body and strengthen your spirit, man. Strengthen. I feel it coming out of my arm, bro, like strength over you. Strength over you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, God. Yeah, yeah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, our hope is that as your faith increases, our influence, our area of influence among you may be also greatly enlarged. So this is in line with what, what John's saying. I also sense that, that because of this, as your faith is increasing right now, we, we are actually being connected. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to, I'm going to, Pray something else because there's there's actually a, a family bonding time right now yeah, yeah. in this. Uh, yeah. These are these are words that are being individually given together as a family. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, 
our Father. Uh, our Father. Our Father. Our Father in heaven and us, together with us in this room in us, with us. Lord, look at your children. Look, look at us, your children. As we look up at the stars, we see you shining down. We see your glory. Right now, Lord, as, as faith is increasing, we are being knit together. Lord, I ask for a knitting grace. Holy Spirit, thank you for releasing this. There's a knitting grace right now in this room for one another. And, and, and faith is increasing in us for one another. And you're going to see your influence, your measure, your grace enlarge with one another now. And so I, I ask God for a holy moment, Lord, of, of knitting together right now. We, we are one in the Lord. Lord, this is, this is a seed word that the, the, the next verse says so that our, our influence would go even beyond into lands, that the gospel will go out, that the kingdom will go forth. So I also declare that this is awaiting the nations, that they're there and those who in this room right now, you're being prepared for the nations. I, I thank you for this, Lord. It's, it's in this city, it's in this state, it's in this region, it's in this nation, it's in the nations. And so I declare that. Lord, let faith arise right now. I, I, I see a generation. I see generations ahead in this room right now. Yes. 